0: Are you are listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast, I hope today's message inspired you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families come together. Ernie had no idea what God was wanting me to talk about tonight. He had not a clue. But the Lord just kind of set the tone. He wants me to talk to you tonight about the value of solitude, the value of silence. It is one of the most important things that I can talk to you about. How many in here, this is a moment of real honesty? But how many in here like to talk? Put it up. We like to talk. There's nothing wrong with talking. But the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. I don't want to talk just to talk. Because you have to realize that witness is directly tied. To presence. If you want to have a strong witness for the Lord, you have to have a strong presence of the Lord. Everybody's looking at me like, oh, we're going there tonight, aren't we? We're going home, no, mayday, mayday. We're going there. But listen to me. The Bible says, be ye not conformed to the world, or the system of the world, but be ye transformed by doing what? The renewing of your mind. And by doing this, you will know what is the pleasing, perfect, perfect and acceptable will of God for your lives, right? I want you to understand something. Silence, solitude. The first point I want you to know is it brings us back to our original pilgrimage. It brings us back to the place that we're sojourners here, that we're strangers here, that this is not our home. This is not our citizenship. Where is our citizenship? It's in heaven, right? If our conversation brings us into the place that causes us to have more roots in this world, then in our true home, we need to stop talking immediately and recognize that that is not doing anything to stir up the gift that is within us. So solitude, it causes us to become pilgrims. It causes us to not be people that are so rooted in this world and this world system. And here's what that does for you. What that does for you is instead of having to say something, you have something to say. Your voice is no longer an echo, but it becomes a voice of God. It becomes an oracle for the Lord. How many want that? When people are quiet, we're wondering what they're thinking. Isn't it time that people should be wondering what you're thinking? instead of you always telling them what you're thinking? See, I don't think that's healthy. I think we have so much busyness around us. We have so many things telling us what to do and how to think and where to look, and we have all these things buying for our time, trying to steal our identity from us, trying to get us to put roots in this place. I don't know about you, But I don't want to put roots here. I want to do the will of God. I want to accomplish everything that God has for my life. I want to stand before the Lord and have Him say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter thou in. But I also know this, that I too used to like to talk, and I still do some, but it's nothing like it was. Why? Why? Because it interfered with my intimacy and trust in God. Because I found I was one of those people that I self-soothe myself through talking. Anybody ever do that? That I, I, you know, kind of talk myself into things, talk myself into an attitude. I do all those things because I didn't get everything I needed when I was a kid. So I'm providing for myself now through talking. Let me give you an example. The other day I was ministering to this father and son, and dad kind of likes to self-soothe through talking. And so he randomly said something that didn't have anything to do with the conversation, and we came up with a new buzzword for when dad was doing that to help dad stop that. And the son went like this and made, I said, well, what did you do when your dad said that? And he went like this. I got nothing. (laughs) How many of us could help each other move into this solitude with God? Move into this place of being still and knowing that he's God. Where even like with Moses, he said, be silent while I fight for you. Where we come into this place of waiting on God and trusting God and not being drawn out of this place of solitude with God. where This place where all of these things begin to take over in our mind. How many have ever gotten into that place and just tried to be quiet? Right? Even Ernie says, okay, we're just going to be still before the Lord here and we're going to wait on God and we're going to be quiet. And this is what I know in the Americas about churches. We used to wait on God. We used to have all these altar services, right? People used to tarry down there before the Lord. We used to pray people through. We used to put our hand on them and let them work it out with God. Work out their salvation with fear and trembling, right? We used to let them wrestle with God, just like Jacob did in Genesis, right? We used to let them come to grips with who they really, the false self that was being propped up in their lives. They came to that place and said, I'm a cheat, I'm a swindler, where for the first time in their life, they told themselves the truth about the inner life that was in them. Church, we have to come to that place sooner than later right now where we're at in life and we have to come to that place and wrestle with god again and tell the truth about who we are jacob wrestled with god he said what's your name my name is jacob i'm a cheat i'm a swindler i'm a liar you see, when he admitted who he really was, when he acknowledged that false self, when he acknowledged the very thing that was running his life, what happened? God blessed him. Church, we got to get back into that place of Psalm 46.10, be still and know that I am God. That means you Being quiet before the Lord. That means you not calling anybody else to self uh, soothe yourself, not calling anybody else to have them tell you how wonderful you are, not serving anybody else, not doing any of those things right now, but just tarrying before the Lord. Being with Jesus Christ. Because in the place of solitude, here's what you discover. You discover your true self. And I'm going to shock you. You discover your true self first, which is that person that's not so good to look at, right? That person that we don't want everybody else getting to know, right? So say this with me, presentation. See, we all have a good presentation. How many believe that? i can put on a good presentation i can put on a godly presentation i can use religion as a covering in replacement of love how many realize that love covers a multitude of sins right but religion props me up i can manipulate you by being religious you need to understand that i can manipulate you by being religious I meet with pastors and I start talking to them about intimacy and you know what they do? Well, you should, see, you should have heard the sermon that I preached this weekend. I preached on this and this and this and I said, wow, I start talking to you about intimacy and you manipulate me into acceptance. We got issues. See, we're always throwing some kind of covering over and God's saying, This is the year to let me uncover you. This is the year to let me deal with the issues in your heart. This is the year to let me take you deeper than you've ever been. This is the year to wrestle with me. To wrestle with me in such a way that you'll never be the same. How many does that sound exciting to? This is that year. It's right now. This is the year. And here's what happens. When people go to the altar now, and I pray for a lot of people, do you know what happens when they get to the altar? People, they're praying for you, but they're talking to you at the same time. We need to let people wrestle with God. We need to not try and get them out of what they've gotten themselves into, but they need to meet God there. We need to let people go through repentance. Can you say amen? We need to let people go through repentance. We need to let people, we need to let godly sorrow produce repentance. Amen? See, we're not letting the word do the work anymore. We're working the word. And we work the word a lot. God is calling us. To come into his presence and say, Lord Jesus, only in your presence is fullness of joy. Only in your presence. I can't get my joy anymore from serving somebody in the body. Do you understand what I'm saying? I've got to come out of this place of solitude with God. I've got to come out of this place fully enveloped in the presence of God. So who is our true self? Can I tell you that once you go through all these places that I'm talking about, you wrestle with God and you get in that place? Guess Who you find out your true self is. Jesus Christ. You find that the authentic part of you is Christ in you. I want to say that again. You find that the authentic part of you, the genuine part of you that doesn't take any propping up doesn't take any propositioning, <laughs> doesn't take any convincing. Is Christ in you the hope of glory? Colossians 1.27. How many want to come to that place? Where all of a sudden, this presentation that you've had, Pastor Lance, I want to ask you to forgive me. Because you only know me as this. But I want you to get to know Christ in me. So I haven't wanted you to judge me. I haven't wanted you to do this. And I thought if you knew this about me. And if you knew this about me. And you knew this about me. And you knew this about me. You wouldn't want to be in relationship with me. And so we put on. This false front. In Luke chapter 10, there's a story of Mary and Martha. How many remember that? And Martha says, don't you care that Mary's not helping me? And Jesus said, Martha, Martha, you're worried about a lot of things. But Mary has chosen the best thing to be at my feet. You know what that word worry means? It means to drag around this weight of these feelings and these emotions and this comparison. And God's saying, spend time with me. Spend time at my feet. And you will not struggle with the things that you continue to struggle with. But you've got to get alone with me. You've got to get silent with me. And you've got to. How many, when you were a kid, ever held your breath in the water? You had a contest underwater? How many felt your brain screaming like it was going to explode? That's what waiting on God is like. We are so used to action. We're so used to conversation. We're so used to doing so many things and dragging so many things around that it's like, uh. And holding our breath, right? It's been like 30 seconds and it's like, we're like, oh my gosh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pass out. I'm gonna, something's gonna bad's going to happen here. Oh, I can't do it, I can't do it, I can't do it. And it's just a few seconds. Silence in the body of Christ has grown so awkward. We don't know what to do with it. But here's the good news. God does. In that moment of silence, God can send a word that will heal them. In that moment of silence, God can deliver them. In that moment of waiting, there's an ushering in of the presence of God that will transform hearts and lives faster than we ever could. How many want Your life to be transformed. Your mind to be renewed. So that whatever you go and whatever you do, you're not carrying an attitude. You don't have a wall up anymore. Do you understand what I'm saying? You have the presence of God going before you. You have the anointing of God. You're you're covered and smeared with the Holy Spirit, the anointing of God, right? And the presence of God is your witness. You don't need to tell anybody that you can lay hands on somebody and they can get healed. They can feel it by the presence of God. There's something so different about you that there's something that's carrying you past all the other opinions and everything else that everybody else thinks. How many want that carrying in your life? That's what God has for us. He has this anointing that breaks every yoke of bondage. But that anointing can't be housed in judgment and criticism. That anointing can't be housed in unforgiveness and bitterness. That anointing can't be housed in this house. The Holy Spirit can no longer be a guest in his own home. God is calling us into a greater place of relationship with him and intimacy with him where I don't need Lance to get me there I just need to Lance to agree that I am when I get there that he'll just agree with me that because God is touching me right there Lance will agree with me brother Dan I agree with you in the name of Jesus that God is going to see you through that's all I need I need a word in season I don't need all of this diatribe to go on. We need to be still and know that He's God. We need to stop talking so much. There needs to be more of just walking up and just laying hands and saying, I just agree with you. I don't know what's going on with you. We don't need to say all those things. We don't need to go. And Lord, I don't know what's going on with Pastor Hayward right now. But Lord, I'm asking that whatever it is, That, God, you would touch him in a special way. See, all God wants you to do is go. Brother, I'm agreeing with you right now in the name of Jesus, in prayer. And that's it. Let God, everybody say this with me. Let God speak for himself. Let God speak for himself. So I'm sitting in counseling sessions and it's like I said, it's, you know, like being underwater, right? And and I'm like, oh, I want to tell this person that and I want to tell this person that. And I'm like, "Mm." and God's going, I can speak for myself. I don't need you to speak for me all the time. There are those moments How many believe God can speak for Himself? God wants to meet you right where you're at. If you're sitting over here in the corner in this pew by yourself, God wants you to know that He can do a miracle in your life. God wants you to know That you don't have to gather everybody else around you. You can call on the one that is within you. Christ in you. The hope of glory. The second thing that silence does, or solitude, is it protects the fire that is within How many want to protect this fire? We make jokes in the church, and you know what that is? And I'm just going to tell you. Is we say, oh, you know, there's virtue suckers. <laughs> they see your tank is full, right? And their tank is empty, and they come up to you and go. Oh, that's better. But here's the truth. We need to guard this fire that is within. Jeremiah said, God has shut up a fire within my bones. How many of you have felt that fire? How many of you have had that fire stirred up? How many of you, when you've had that fire stirred up, you've gotten into a conversation with somebody and you feel like you opened up the door and that fire was no longer a fire? We've got to protect this fire. When we're feeling the presence of God and we're being stirred by God, and like Paul told Timothy, Stir up the gift that is within you. Fan it into a flame of fire. When we're stirred up and we're feeling this anointing of God and this fire of God, we need to get around people that are holy, heavenly blacksmiths, and they're going to help us fan those coals into a flame of fire. Not somebody who just wants to sit at your feet and get a little warm. Because if you keep opening your house up to everybody that comes by, pretty soon it's not warm in your house anymore. Pretty soon that fire doesn't have the same value and significance it did before. Let's guard through solitude this fire that is within us. And sometimes you have to say, to somebody. God stirring something in my heart right now. It's not a time for me to talk. It's a time for me to be still and know that he's God. I don't want to stop God in what he's doing. Because I want to get the fullness of everything that he's up to in me. Let's guard this fire that is within us what does that look like sometimes it's going to look like this somebody comes to us and want to talk fire 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 purification i'm in process Love me enough to not call me out of what God's got me in. You see, compassion is this. The more time you spend in solitude with God. How many can you feel? Can you feel feel the presence of God? Feeling really strong right now. The more time you spend in this solitude, the more compassion you will have for the family of God. The less judgment you will have, the less critical you'll be. But you have to get in this place with God and let him get to the true you, which is him. See, to get to Pastor Lance, and I love what his wife said, that is a great testimony of integrity, of a man of God. And I'm sure Effie could say the same thing about her husband, her main squeeze, her man. What a man, right? But my spirit was designed to bear witness with only one thing. And that is the spirit of the living God. But how often do we walk around the body of Christ with a critical spirit? Because our spirit isn't bearing witness with life and love. Our spirit is bearing witness with all the external things that's being aroused by the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eye and the pride of life. I don't want to be stirred by those things anymore in my own life. I don't want to be stirred by my old opinions. I want to be stirred because My spirit is attracted to Jesus Christ in you, and you may not be the most powerful woman on on the earth, but there is something in you that my spirit is going, that is genuine, and I'm right there, and all you have to do is speak a word in season to right where I'm at right now, and that person will be healed, will be made whole, and will never be the same again. But you see, we're trying to speak to the flesh. We're trying to speak to mindsets. We're trying to speak to emotional trauma. And we got to get back to bearing witness with the spirit of God in people. Solitude draws you to that place. God is calling this church. Can I prophesy? And he made it clear tonight. Cindy knew what I was going to talk on just a little bit. But you had not a clue. But your spirit caught it. And entered into it. Why? Because it was God. I want my spirit... To buy into everything that's God and be able to rect rectify and bring resolution and bring closure to everything that is not God. I don't want to be attracted to things anymore that are not God. Amen. I want to protect this fire. And how you protect this fire is you walk in discernment. And that discernment creates a bearing of witness. Wouldn't that be wonderful if we could begin to find Christ in every single person in the body of Christ and stop seeing the crisis in everybody's life? Wouldn't that be awesome? And I know there's some of that going on here for sure because of your pastors. But let me tell you something. It's so easy for us to be critical and it should be the hardest thing for us to do is move in anything that is opposite of love. How many say about people, I don't care? Let me see your hands. Let's just be honest. You ever find yourself saying, I don't care? I don't care how they feel. Well, I don't care is direct antithesis of love. It's closer to hate than it is to love. God cares. God cared so much that he sent his only begotten son to die on a cross because he cares. If he was here right now, he'd say, but I care. They're important to me. He looked at the demoniac of Gadara. He knew that legion was there. He knew all those demons were there. He knew that man was tormented, but he looked right at him and said, I see you. What's your name? And the end result of him looking at him and making a connection with him, the genuine part of him that was still left in there, what happened? He was delivered and in his right mind. And the Word of God says in Mark Mark 5 that he begged Jesus that he might remain in his presence. Don't we need real converts? Not that have just had their mind in some way aroused to think differently, but their hearts to be so circumcised that they were undone by the preaching of the word. They were undone by the presence of God. And they're saying inside themselves and crying out, what must I do to be saved? That's what God is calling the end time church to. To walk in a new power of his presence. That our witness is not signs and wonders. But our witness is the presence of God. That will cause them to wonder. The presence of God will renew their minds and restore them without any words. They walk in this place and the presence of God will begin to transform them. They'll say, Pastor Lance, I don't know what happened. You weren't even preaching on the mind. But as I was sitting back there, I just felt this touch come on my head and came all the way from the crown of my head down to the soles of my feet. And that thing that was tormenting me is gone. And they just start crying and they go, I I don't know what happened. Solitude also causes you to be okay with the mysteries of God. The things that you can't explain. Because if he's God, there better be some things that you and I cannot define. There better be some things that you and I cannot explain. We'll give a prophecy over somebody. We'll give a prophetic word. And then we'll sit there and we'll tell them what it's all about. God goes, deliver and leave. Leave it up to me. I don't need help. I don't need support. It's like we look at God and we go, Jesus, you're looking a little feeble today. Oh, I'm going to prop you up. Lord goes, I don't need you to prop me up. I don't need you to explain me. All I need you to do is represent me. And that word represent means to represent. Do You see, that's what Jesus Christ does in us every time we step in front of somebody is he represents himself as himself. Wouldn't it be great If they came back, what's your name, ma'am? Josephine? If they came back and they said, Pastor Lynch, this woman, she laid hands on me in the store and I felt the presence of God. I don't know who she was, I don't know her name. but I'm changed. Church, listen, in the end times, you and I are not going to get the credit anymore. We're not going to get the credit. The body of Christ has made it so we could get credit for signs and wonders and miracles, right? Right? God is going to turn it so you and I no longer get credit for it. As a matter of fact, the fear of the Lord will be so strong on our lives, we'll be afraid of that. Pastor Lance, don't give him my name. (laughs) Just leave it alone. It's all God. Just let let him work on that. Let him do that, right? Who I am doesn't matter. Just who sent me. I remember in 1988, I want to tell you a story. In 1988, my pastor called me to go to the church. And there was a young gal that was voted Miss Teenage Lodi, California. She was in a car accident with two other people. She hit an oak tree. Her head slammed against the the frame of of the car. And they were pronouncing her brain dead. And my pastor spoke to me that day and he said if God calls you would you go to the church and would you uh, would you go to the hospital and would you pray for her? And I said if God speaks to me I'll do it. The next morning I get up and I put my fleece out to God because I was working a couple jobs and I said, "Lord, if it's raining outside <laughs> I'll go." It was pouring. And so I got in my little truck my truck that used more oil than gas. And I drive to the hospital, and God showed, showed you got to put a suit on, you got to dress, you got to dress nice because you're going in there representing me. And I was like, I didn't understand any of that at that time because it's what the lady was going to open the door for to me for being clergy, right? But I didn't understand that. I didn't have a clergy card, I didn't have any of that stuff. So I'm sitting there. And I'm waiting in the room. And you know, if you're not family, how many know you don't get in? So I'm sitting there waiting, and the lady's at this little booth right there. And she says, sir, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm waiting to go in and pray for that young lady in there. And she goes, well, sir, then I suggest you just go over and you knock on that door. And you stop waiting. So I go over and I knock on the door. And the lady opens the door, right? One of the nurses. And I said, "I'm here to uh, pray." she says, "I know what you're here for. She's right over there. Just go over there and do what God's called you to do." She doesn't know me from anybody, but you see, God prepared the way. And I went over to the bed and I was praying. And I was praying quietly. Now, if you know me, I don't pray quiet. But I was praying quiet. I didn't want to upset anybody. And I started praying loudly. And the monitor started going up and things started happening. And this guy that was right here, so I was right here in a bed. There was, this was all a, a nurse's station and there was a guy right over here. And that guy over there started screaming and yelling and all kind of manifesting. And all of a sudden I stopped what I was doing, I said, "In the name of Jesus, be silent." And poof, He just quiet." And the nurses all turned and looked, and I went over and I prayed for this gal. And God healed her. They were going to take they were going to take the life support off of her. And after I prayed for her instantaneously, she started. the monitor came up, she started breathing on her own. Everything changed. And the woman said, Who are you? I said, Who I am is not important. Only who sent me, Jesus Christ. And I walked out of the room. Now, let me tell you, that was the best exit of my life. And I will be really honest with you God has done many miracles. I've seen deaf ears, blind eyes, people come out of wheelchairs, all kinds of things happen. But that was the best exit ever. And I can tell you this, I haven't been so successful since then. But I'm in a new place now, moving into that place where God gets all the credit for everything. Because I don't know about you, but there's something inside me that likes to be recognized. That likes to be valuable. That likes to bring resolution to things in people's lives. Can anybody? That's, you know, I'm about results. So Hayward always laughs. He always, that was our joke for a long time. When I come, he gets his bang for his buck. <laughs> He'll work me from sun up to sundown <laughs> and get things done. But listen, I love that. So the first thing is, is that silence, solitude, brings us back to being sojourners. And this isn't our home. The second thing is that it guards the fire within. What's the third thing? I forgot. It what? No, but that's good. Silence and solitude gives us a place to speak from. So in other words, coming out of this place with God, being still and knowing he's God. When it's time for us to speak, it's no longer because we've worked it out in our mind or we've worked it out through conversation. You know how the Bible talks about that prophets are borrowing words from one another no longer do I have to borrow some witty saying from Pastor Lance or, or Pastor Hayward or some prophetic website. You see what's happening now is I've gone into this place in this solitude. I've, I've got into this place where, Lord, this isn't my home. I'm disconnecting myself from everything around me. It's no longer stirring me up. It's no longer providing identity for me anymore. And I'm guarding this fire that every time I come to this place with God, it's being fanned into a flame, it's being fanned into a new coal. And, and I've got people around me that are heavenly blacksmiths, and they're saying, Woo! I saw the fire of God on you, Pastor Lance. That's why I didn't stop to talk to you. But you can tell me later what God was up to. If He Say this with me. If God releases me to tell you what He's doing in me, if you want to protect that fire, you've got to protect this secret, sacred relationship with Jesus Christ. Everybody doesn't get to know what God's up to. It's between you and the Lord. Are you with me? You speak from a new place because it's not you speaking, but it's God speaking through you. It's not an idea that you got from something else. But it's the revelatory of knowledge of God flowing through that place where God's been talking to you about you. Where God's been dealing with your issues. So that what you have to say comes out of that dealing with God and you. It doesn't come out of anybody else's life. It doesn't come out of anyone else's story. Because God is writing His own story in our lives. The footsteps of the righteous, they're ordered of God. Turn with me to Psalm 32. I want to read you something. Before I say that, I got a question for you. Where did the true prophets of God get their words from? Did they get them from going into the towns and hanging out with people? Or did they get them in isolation and solitude with God? Because they spoke words, hear me, that were futuristic. How many of us, need to be carriers of words that come from the heavenly abode that are different from the language that's here on the earth. That when God speaks, we're carriers of a word that not everybody is going to understand, but we're clear on it. And it's clear inside us. And it's producing in us the glory of God. Where all of a sudden, the yardstick in my life isn't measured by what you think about me, what you say about me, what you feel about me. Because I've totally gotten past all of that, being in this solitude with God. I've worked through all of that. I've wrestled like Jacob, and I've worked through all of that. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. This is who I am. Yes, God, I'm fearful. Yes, God, I'm insecure. Yes, God, I'm in over my head so often that's how I feel, God. And that's when God begins to strip all that off and God begins to speak did he speak the past to Jacob or did he speak the future to Jacob are you with me he didn't say you're Jacob you'll remain Jacob there's not that what did he say you will no longer be called Jacob you will be called Israel, I'm prophesying your future right now. I'm speaking into what's ahead of you right now. Get ready because I'm going to rend the heavens and I'm going to come down on your behalf and I'm going to cause these things to begin to take place because you've been willing to tell the truth. You've been willing to wrestle with me. And the end result is I've spoken to those things that are not over your life as though they were. God wants us to be carriers of a future word in our lives. I'm tired of hearing the same old thing. Anybody with me? Oh, do you remember when Jesus did that? I have amnesia when it comes to old things. He says, behold, I do a new thing. Can you not perceive it? God says, I've made you a new creation in Christ Jesus. That's not rehabilitating the old junk. You know what I'm saying? So you can just get by. See, God wants to speak with his revelatory knowledge to us. To where we don't have to talk to everybody else like we did. Because we've been with Jesus. And we have the answers that we've been seeking, not through asking people what they think or what they feel or what they see, but out of coming from that place of being still and knowing He's God. How many want to walk in that place? So I said turn to Psalm 32, right? Let me read you something. Let me get into it. Pastor Lance loaned me his Bible because I couldn't see mine anymore. Just telling it like it is. I don't know what's happened. but I was looking in my hotel and I go, I just can't see this thing. But this is large print. Praise the Lord for large print. And some of you are those ones who you just have the good eyesight forever. Verse 1 says, Oh, what joy for those whose rebellion is forgiven, whose sin is put out of sight. Yes, what joy for those who, whose record the Lord has, dec- has cleared of sin, whose lives are lived in complete honesty. You see what he's saying there? Whose lives are lived in complete honesty. Church, we have got to be this people of God whose lives are lived in complete honesty. That we're walking in a level of integrity where we're not covering up, but we're being honest about what's going on in us. We're being honest about what we're going through. We're being honest about what we need the Lord to do. Complete honesty. When I refuse to confess my sin, verse 3, I was weak and miserable, everybody say weak and miserable, and groaned all day long. I see the body of Christ, even when we're having services, I see people that are weak and miserable. I see people that are moaning and groaning all day long, and they can't figure it out, and it's mainly because they're not living in a place of honesty. They're not telling themselves the truth. Day and night, your hand of discipline was heavy on me. My strength evaporated like water in the summer heat. Finally, I confessed my sins to you and stopped trying to hide them. I said to myself, I will com- confess my rebellion to the Lord, and you forgave me, and all my guilt is gone. In this solitude with God, all your guilt goes away. All your shame goes away. Because it's no longer about you. The focus isn't on what you could have done and should have done and might have done. The focus is all on Christ in you, the hope of glory, and what he did for you. And you're no longer focused on these external things that so easily beset you. How many want to be strong? God wants to set our face like Flint. Do you believe that? So when the enemy comes in, he just veers off. But you know what that takes? That takes a heart that is full of the spirit of the living God. That takes a heart that is fully consecrated to the spirit of the living God. That takes a heart that is full of the courage of God. Because the Bible says, if my heart doesn't fail me, then I have confidence before my God. Do you know how many people in the body of Christ today, their hearts are failing them? And they don't have confidence before their God, even when God is saying, you know what? You're wrestling with me right now. I want to give you a new name. I want to give you a new nature. I want to prophesy over you, and I want to bring you into this place. They're still struggling with all these external things. Do you understand? They need to get into that place with God where he can begin to speak to them, where they all of a sudden they realize they're strangers here. This is not their home. Pastor Hayward and I were talking today. And I was telling him about how I read this story of this, this couple that was in their late 60s. They had been missionaries to Africa for 30 years. And they got off the ship. And they noticed that all these people had people welcoming them home. And they were feeling sad. And they were feeling alone and rejected. And then God spoke to the woman. And he said, Well, there's nobody greeting you because you're not home yet. This isn't your home. On that day, there'll be a party. On that day, there'll be a greeting. But you're not home. This isn't your home. It says, therefore, let all the godly confess their rebellion to you while there is time that they may not drown in the floodwaters of judgment. For you are my hiding place. You protect me from trouble. You surround me with songs of victory or deliverance. How many need that? You see, in this place of solitude, one last thing. Everybody say last thing. In this place of solitude, in this place of waiting on God, God can remind you of some things that you've forgotten that are very important in your relationship with Him. God can bring up an old song. God can bring up an old memory. Do you understand what I'm saying? An old godly memorial. God can begin to stir up some things in you that will get you to the other side. I hear my clients every day say, I just want to give that person a piece of my mind. And I say, if you do that, not only will they have a piece of your mind, but they'll have a piece of your heart. Because out of the abundance of the heart, does the mouth speak? What you need to say is, God, set a guard over my mouth. And God, I'm going to practice silence. Do you know how the Byzantine monks in the 16 and 1700s destroyed control in their lives? I told Hayward today, they had an exercise. They took a flat rock, a smooth stone, and they put it in their mouth so they couldn't speak. And by doing that, God delivered them from all the control in their life because they couldn't say what was troubling them. They couldn't say what they thought. They couldn't talk about those things. What would happen to us tonight if we found a flat rock? How many say, I need a flat rock, Pastor Dan? How many say, that could help? We've got to guard this fire. And if it takes a flat rock, then I say, bring on the flat rock. Do you realize that David used the flat rock to knock Goliath out? And that flat rock did what? It silenced him. The mocker, the troubler of Israel. Intercessors. You're walking in a place of authority already. It's not based on words, it's based on the position of your heart. Be careful, the enemy wants us to get wordy again. He wants us to fill the void. Beware of a void that wants to be filled. I challenge you tonight to start moving into this place and the first thing that's going to happen is every distraction that you weren't aware of, you will now be aware of it. The iPhone, the iPad, the the TV, this thing, the phone, this, that, whatever. Conversations around you. People that want to. Give me some of that fire, brother. Give me some of that. I don't want to work, but for... give it, just open it up. Come on. Man, look, look at my hands. Is that that's frostbite, isn't it? Come on, open it up. No. No. This fire is the fire of God. And I had to go through the smelting place. I had to stay in the fire till the fourth man showed up. And this is one thing you need to be aware of. In this solitude, God will turn the fire up as high as he needs to turn it up. To get you to let go. Of who? Of you. I'll say it again. He'll turn the fire up as high as it has to go. To get you to let go of you. That's what it's all about tonight, church. The only good offering we have. Is Christ in us. The only good warrior we have. Is Christ in us. The only good weapon we have. Is Christ in us. The only strength we have. Is Christ in us. How many have heard. What God's speaking tonight. Do you believe he's speaking. How many would this help you. You don't have to tell your family what you think. You don't have to tell your husband what you feel. You don't have to talk about all the things that you talk about. Let's talk about Zoe. Let's talk about life. Everybody say life. So here's what I want to call you to tonight. If you're willing to go to this place and you say, that is right now where I need to go. That is a word for me. I need to get in that place with God. I need to let this fire be stoked. And then I need to fan that gift into a flame of fire as often as I can in the name of the Lord. And I want to have a voice, an in time voice that penetrates the darkness in the name of the Lord. You may not hear me speak every day, but on that day when God gives me permission to open my mouth, you will feel the mighty rushing wind of the Holy Ghost in this place. How many want that? If that's you and that's what you want, I want you to stand to your feet. I want to pray for you. Thank you for coming. Thank you for inviting me, Pastor. I believe that this is a word from the Lord for this house, your life in this season right now, it's a word in season for you. Remember, words are dangerous. We've got to bridle this tongue, right? Matthew 12, 36 and 37 says, by your own words you're justified and by your own words you're condemned. I don't want to be condemned. I want to be justified. I don't want to be an echo. I want to be a voice. So lift your hands with me. Jesus we admit we're restless we admit that we're anxious we admit that we don't know how to handle silence God some of us have to fill all the silence with words and Lord you want to renew and restore our minds and You're not going to do that while we're talking. But You're going to do that while we're being still and knowing that You're God. Lord, would You help us separate the very things in us that are us from the Word of the Lord that transforms us and renews us. Would You help us separate those voices that are not of your kingdom. Those voices that we've listened to that take us out of the place, God, that you're trying to get us into. Lord, we're not looking for a way out, but we're looking for a way through. Jesus, come and help us. Maybe you're here and it's been a long time since you've talked to the Lord. You've drawn away from Him. And you remember those times when God was speaking to your life. When God was using you and God was stirring you. And maybe it's been a long time since you've heard the voice of God. Jeremiah 29, verse 14 says, I will bring you back up out of your captivity. God has a plan and a purpose for you. If you're here tonight, and it's been a long time since you've heard the voice of God, I want you just to lift your hand up. All over this building, there's a lot of us. Lord Jesus, tonight I ask that You remove every single thing that is blocking Your sons and Your daughters from hearing the Word of the Lord. I pray that You will give them a holy boldness, that You will give them a new confidence, that God, You will begin to fan into flame the gift that is within them once again. And Lord, those that say, I need a word from the Lord, I need God to speak to me. I need God to stir me once again. Lord, tonight's the night. I want you to pray with me, Lord Jesus, I admit that I'm easily distracted by life and the circumstances of my life, my family, and the people around me, and I'm asking you tonight, Jesus, to bring me into that place. Where I'm divinely attracted to your presence, just like Moses was. You didn't say anything. You just created an anonomy, an anonymously What is that word? Anonymly. An autumn leaf. Whatever. You created a fire in the midst of the desert. To draw him over to you. Lord, whatever you need to do in every life in this place tonight, to draw them over to you, to bring them out of their darkness and bring them into light tonight, Lord, I'm asking you to do it right now. Right now. Break yokes and fetters, release mindsets. Give Him new hope. Hope that doesn't disappoint. I'm just going to be obedient. Lord Jesus, silver and gold, I don't have any, but such as I do in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I give it to you in the name of Jesus thank you Jesus stir it up Lord in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus Stir it up, Fire of God, Fire of God, Stir it up, Fire of God, Fire of God, Stir it up, Fire of God, Fire of God, God. God. Yes Lord. We worship. Yeah, he's touching you right there. That's right. That's right. That's right. Let him encourage you. That's it right there. That's right. That's right. The name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That's right. That's right. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. How many in this room right now, you say, I need to rededicate my life to the Lord Jesus. I haven't been walking with him like I should. And I want to rededicate my life. Is there anyone? I wouldn't want to miss you. Amen. Let's worship the Lord. Remember, your deliverance starts with worship. I want to say it again. Your deliverance starts with worship. Go for it. we hope you've been blessed by this teaching from Coley Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Coal Lake Community Church, a place where families come together